It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and today we're broadcasting live in Lexington, Kentucky at the University of Kentucky with the Kappa Alpha Order National Convention in front of a live studio audience. Yes. All right. We got a live crowd here, Tanner. How about that? That's a pretty good crowd. I think they're they're cheering for you, my brother. Tanner, what's your last name? Mahoney. Tanner's our first guest, and uh, we bring you on the show to talk about community service. We like to get involved with our communities, and as a fraternity, Kappa Alpha Order, we know you do a lot of great work uh, with your communities coast to coast. What is your campus? Uh, Georgetown College. In, in Kentucky? Yes. And what do you guys do uh, on campus to raise money, and, and who gets the money? Okay. Uh, one thing that we do, uh, usually the first two weeks of April, we hold a, a philanthropy golf scramble for MDA. And we have it at Canewood Golf Course right there in Georgetown, and we raise about $1,500 every year. So that's something we always like to promote. So. And that's something uh, alumni come back? Um, alumni, you, current guys, uh, people in the community, people on campus, uh, staff. We like to invite everybody out to see as big a crowd as we can. How hard is that to organize? <laughs> it takes uh, several weeks to get in planning. It's, uh, it's, it's worth a lot. It. It's worth yeah. it, though. And what do you shoot? <laughs> Depends on the week. <laughs> uh, low 80s. Low 80s, really? All right, good for you. I'm a 95er, so uh, I'll make that yeah, trip those. down there. Can I come down uh, next time and play? Sure. We're welcome um, to anybody. And then in addition to, I guess, I'm going to guess there, the way golf scramble, there's a, there's a foursome fee, and then beyond that, you can, like, give to the fraternity, and to, which ultimately goes to the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Yes. We have a $200 team entry fee, and then we take uh, general donations. We also have... Uh, gifts from the local community um, as far as like door prizes and stuff like that so is there any uh, digital properties we can check this out maybe uh, your campus or fraternity facebook page our uh, facebook page is uh, beta delta at kappa alpha order so that's that's usually how we advertise most of our events and your uh, mda uh cause is that a national um i guess cause that all the all of your brothers work with or is that what you do just in uh, georgetown yeah. Uh, MDA is our national philanthropy, so that's something that uh, we're always very passionate about and do our best to help out with. So. All right. Well, Tanner, thank you so much for uh, helping us out with the show. Let's have a round of applause for Tanner. <laughs> and again, we, uh, we thank the gentlemen of Kappa Alpha Order at the University of Kentucky. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. It's going to be kind of hard to do an introduction with the uh, resume that our next guest has, so we'll just say hello, June Jones. Hi, June. All right, Adam. Good to see you, man. Head coach of the Southern Methodist University Mustangs, um, and just real quick, I, it'd take 10 hours just to go through your resume, but you uh, college football player, NFL player with the Falcons um, and beyond, even some Canadian football in your, in your history, coached in the, not only in the, in the NFL for the Falcons, uh, but also the USFL, which I find fascinating, uh, brought Hawaii out of the depths of oblivion 
to a BCS game and now at SMU since 2008. And you've literally brought this program back from the dead, really, um, and uh, a bowl victory uh, in Hawaii uh, to boot. So congratulations on a long, exhausting career. And uh, you are Mr. Football here in Dallas, Texas. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, that introductory, I'm, I'm, I'm realizing I'm getting old. Uh, that go- <laughs> It has, I've been a lot of places, and it's been a lot of fun, and uh, this uh, last bowl game was, uh, was very rewarding for, for our school. It's got to be co- uh, very special for you, too, having been a coach in Hawaii. Uh, I know you sign all your emails with Mala- uh-huh. Mahalo, and uh, you are part Hawaiian, I guess. And uh, So when did you find out you were going to go back to Hawaii for that bowl game? Well, I kind of knew at the start of last year uh, because of the way the bowl uh, process goes with ESPN uh, uh, really deciding you know, who plays where, that they would like us to be back in Hawaii if, if the university was not going to be bill eligible. And it looked very early like the University of Hawaii was not going to make it. So uh, they had an opportunity to sell more tickets and, and, uh, and get a lot of local interest if I returned. So it was, I, I kind of knew that we would go whether we won the conference championship or not. How did the uh, Dallas Mustang fan base follow? follow you out there i'm sure they didn't have any complaints going to hawaii no no we've had two good runs in 2009 we went there and then again uh this uh, past year and so we've had uh, uh success there and it's been a, a you know a great trip it's one of the great bowl uh, treats uh for a non-bcs school uh to be able to go to and then when you were out there for that week was it uh Fun, almost distracting to have, uh, I'm sure the Hawaii media was all over you, Coach June. They got to still love you from what you did with that program, bringing it out of the uh, depths of oblivion. Yeah, well, there's a lot of interest, obviously, still. And, and uh, you know, we had a good run there when I was uh, the coach. And, and uh, you know, we, we uh, like you say, the local people, they don't forget. And I, I have a lot of friends there. And, and of course, the, 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 the kids and the staff, you know, prepared themselves, and me, me having been there, kind of, you know how what what to stay away from, what to do, what not to do, and and so our kids uh, stayed pretty focused on winning the football game. June Jones is our guest, the head coach of SMU uh, for the bowl game. How much time or effort goes into um, not game preparation, but uh, just I guess the mental preparation on making good decisions while those kids are out there on the beach. I'm sure there's a great nightlife. Uh, there's bars and nightclubs. There's a lot of distractions and a lot of potential high-risk behavior that could get those kids in trouble, which could affect not only their lives forever, but uh, the game that week. Well, we we spend a significant amount of time as coaches. In fact, you know, Adam, you came and spoke to our team, what, three or four years ago now, and ever since I've been a head football coach, you kind of realize that the the uh, uh, developing the character and developing the, uh, you know, uh, type of kid that we have in our locker room is as important as anything we do, uh, not just as a football player, but as uh, down the line as they leave here. And, you know, we talk about those things all the time. We're, we're addressing them all the time. I have numerous people uh, come share with them. In fact, I had a lot of the uh, um, uh, Honolulu police force come talk with our team before we even, uh, as soon as we landed and got in a room and took our bags, well, the first thing we talked about was where, where to go, what not to do. And it's a, it's a beautiful place, but you better uh, make good decisions or, like you say, you'll be on a plane going back home and, and ruining your life forever. That's great that you're taking those measures and talking to your kids about that. Um, when you're recruiting a young man at a high school, have you ever had to pass on a kid that you, you loved as an athlete, you wanted him on your team, but then some character issues came out? Does that happen? Oh, yeah, it definitely happens. Um, 
you know it happens every year uh unfortunately for for that athlete um you know with the way the media is now the social media is the internet uh, everything it's unfortunate that sometimes uh kids get thrown under the bus uh without uh it actually being true and that does affect uh uh you know, your decisions as a head coach and as a school as to whether you want that type of kid in your locker room. Now, I have had some success taking some kids and giving them a lot of second chances uh, when I was in Hawaii. I, I actually uh, uh, was fortunate enough to have two kids that actually played in the National Football League um, that I took out of jail, basically. Uh, now, they had issues that were not related to, to uh, sexual assaults or anything like that, but they had issues, gang issues, and, and got themselves into some trouble. But at the same time, you know, you as a coach have to judge the character of each kid individually, which I do, and it does come up uh, through the recruiting process. So for those high school athletes out there listening to this conversation, sure you're strong and fast and can jump high and can score the touchdowns, but the coaches are also looking at your character and what you do off the field and uh, your community service even. And I'd like to talk now about your uh, foundation, the June Jones Foundation. Tell us uh, about that. When did it uh, um, start? Wh- who, what organizations do you work with? Well, we've done a lot of things uh, over the last 10 years uh, I do uh, uh, a medical mission in, in Pongo Pongo, American Samoa, where we take uh, uh, every year we go down and, and uh, give academic scholarships and also uh, uh, take about a million to a million five. We're hoping to take $2 million worth of medical supplies down there this year, wow. football shoes, football gear. I mean, we've done everything uh, to help the, uh, the people down there and the kids down there. And then this, since I've come to Dallas, uh, you know, from being from Hawaii, that I, I found that that kind of was uh, what triggered me to, to, to do uh, via my foundation. And coming here to Dallas, I, I now, uh, we're in the second year having an inner city ministry that we do uh, for 26 feeder schools in, in the inner city of Dallas. We're having a, an event here April 27th that uh, basically is a mentoring uh, program. Uh, helping kids, uh, you know, with their schoolwork, and also uh, looking to the future for their for their for their jobs. It's kind of a job fair, and so we're really excited about partnering with the DISD or the Dallas Independent School District uh, uh, to to get this done and to be, you know, something that SMU is associated with and partnering with all the arms that are already in the inner city, the Boys and Girls Club, the YMCA, all the different groups that that are going. We're trying to unite all them to to help uh, the young kids in the inner city. That's fantastic. The June Jones Foundation. I'm sure if we Google it, we can find a link to your digital properties. June Jones Foundation. Um, one, uh, I want to switch gears back to, uh, I guess, character and, and talking about making good decisions. And there was a story I saw recently, this morning, as a matter of fact, of a head coach, a head coach who got a DUI last night. Um, you work with your young men. There's 20-year-old you got 80, 20-year-old kids in a, a very high-risk scenario called a college campus. Do you bring up these topics with your head, with your coaches, your, your associate and uh, associate uh, assistant head coaches? You know, they're under the microscope too. They're in a high-risk environment too, and it could really hurt the program too and their life if they get a DUI or make a bad decision. Well, no question. You know, we we talk about them all the time, and you know, those uh, things are very unfortunate that that. Uh, that was happening. I did not see that uh, yet, but I'm sure I'll be hearing about it. Uh, but those things we do address, uh, all the things, everything that, that 
a football program does reflects not just the, the guys in the locker room, but it reflects on everybody in the school, the alumni, the president of the school, the, the uh, faculty, everything. And so, you know, you're always conscious of, of what's going on and you're always talking about uh, the thing, those type of things. If you don't talk about them and if you're not, if it's not the focal point of what you do, then you're probably going to have some issues. And even if you, if it is, and even if you do it, you still have some issues. Uh, but at least you're doing everything you can to get those uh, situations addressed. You've got to be proactive. June Jones is our guest, and I, I want to wrap this up on a fun note. On the uh, plane ride out here to Dallas to talk to you, uh, the guy next to me on the plane said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to Dallas. I'm going to interview June Jones. And he said, he goes, oh, I met June Jones when I was about 12 years old. I, he signed an autograph for me uh, with the, when, when I lived in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So we went to an Atlanta fountain. He, he was 12 years old, and he remembered this. Uh, over the years, your long coaching and playing history, um, do you run into people 40, 50 years old now that are like, I met you way back? And, of course, you don't remember who they are, but it, how does that make you feel to meet those people, hear those stories from your past? Well, you know, you do, uh, you do uh, hear them all the time. And, and having a name like June, uh, people don't forget that name quite as if it was John Jones. They might, you know, might not remember it, but uh, I, it does. I, I, it happens all the time. You know, it makes you, you know, realize that you uh, have an opportunity to impact people uh, in in the smallest of ways. That that young man or old guy now, uh, you know, <laughs> like you say, I don't I don't remember. But at the same time, whatever I did that day obviously had an effect on him. And so, you know, those are good memories, and and they go with the game. They go with football. June Jones, just a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks for appearing on the show, and we wish you the best of luck here at SMU. Good to see you, Adam. Thanks. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. We're in South Carolina at Newberry College. We are proud to have Brian Riddick on our show now. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am fantastic, and I love having fellow uh, radio hosts on this show. You have your own radio show on campus at Newberry College. Tell us about your radio show. Absolutely. It's a wonderful opportunity that is given to students at Newberry College. We get a chance to actually run our own radio show for the semester. Um, We have hour slots. Go in there. You can do it with a co-host. Go in there. We can have interviews. Um, just getting people in, hearing us, you know, playing what we want to play gives us a real branch to experience what it's really like to be on the radio. Okay, now I'm actually bringing you on to the show to talk about a community service uh, philanthropy project. Um, you're actually involved with some great causes on campus, but before we get to that, I want to get back to your radio show. Is this a real signal, or is this like an intercom through the dorms? This is a real FM signal. Real, real FM signal. Okay. We're ninety five point five. Okay, so, absolutely. And um, you mentioned you get to play your own music. You get to play your own playlist because that's in corporate radio. That doesn't happen, my friend. You get out in the real world, they'll tell you what to play. You get to play what you want, huh? Absolutely. They give us, a, of course, a set of rules: um, what we can play, what we can't play, kind of guidelines, um, just of you know what you kind of would need to follow in regular sense. So. Well, then, so your last show, what were some of the songs you played? Um, we actually did a love. We played love songs, um, everything from Love Shack to. Did you play the Plain White Tees? Um, no, that's a that's a hate song. That's not a love song. That's hate is a strong word, but I really, really, really don't like you. That's not a love song at all. <laughs> See, that's why my show wouldn't work at Newberry College. 
All right. Well, uh, what is the goal then uh, with your radio or communications degree and your radio experience now at Newberry College? What's the goal for you? What do you want to do with your life? Um, I actually like to get um, doing the radio shows or something on the side too, um, but I'd love to look and doing that further, but maybe more with like sports entertainment. Um, so getting involved with working with arenas, working with um, getting out there with NFL, NBA, um, all on the line. So. Excellent. Okay, well, we wish you the best of luck from a broadcast entertainment point of view. Now to your philanthropy, your uh, community service. You were telling me off mic about um, a breakfast that you're part of that raises a lot of money for a good cause. What is this? Absolutely. We do it the um, it's uh, we do a annual breast cancer breakfast. Uh, we do it at homecoming each year. Um, we had a one of our brothers that his uh, mother fought with breast cancer, so um, luckily she's still around with us and survived, which is the main thing. Great to all the technology that they're getting out there to help with breast cancer. Um, but we do a breast cancer breakfast. Um, we get out there, we cook ourselves, um, do meals. Alumni come, parents, friends, family, and come out early just to support a great cause and raise money. What's on the menu? My uh, stomach is grumbling. Absolutely, pancakes, sausage. Uh, eggs, bacon, anything you can imagine just for breakfast. Mm. So we just get out there. We do it outside, griddles, right there in front of everybody, too. So Cool. Okay. And uh, how many years have you been doing this? How much money is raised for breast cancer awareness? Um, we raise uh, probably a few thousand um, each year. Um, but then we do um, uh, we do we sit there um, and we present a check at um, halftime. So we've done that for a couple of years. And like just one of those big jumbo checks everybody loves to see, but getting out there and present it. So we actually have had a representative come down before and present it to them also. And this is through your fraternity, the uh, KA chapter at Newberry College. Yes, sir. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure meeting you. Good luck with your radio career. Best of luck with the, uh, the eggs and bacon for charity. And um, we thank you for your community service. And not only are we impressed with the money raised, but we're also impressed to just hear stories of, of how people get involved because it inspires the rest of us to get involved in our communities, too. So thank you very much, Brian. It was great to meet you and have you on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. The Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. We are pleased to welcome uh, to the show now our guest, Brandon Goad. Hi, Brandon. Hello. I want to welcome you to the show, and I want to thank you for having me on campus here at Missouri Science and Technology. Where are we? Rolla? Rolla, Missouri? Rolla, Missouri, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Rolla. Yes. (laughs) And uh, for our national listeners, where the heck is Rolla, Missouri? Uh, it's about south central Missouri. It's an hour and a half away from St. Louis, and somewhere I'm probably two to three hours away from KC, Kansas City. Kansas City. Okay, so we're back on campus at Missouri Science and Technology uh, to learn a little bit more about the uh, charity that uh, this campus does with uh, the St. Jude Children's Hospital. Um, go ahead and tell us about this. Uh, well, basically, we started doing it last year. Uh, it's called Up Till Dawn, and the purpose of it is to provide funding for the research and awareness for cures of pediatric illnesses and cancer. And so as a campus, I mean, how did you guys think of it? Were you sitting around one day and you weren't, you weren't studying and you weren't deciding on how to play uh, beer pong and you said, hey, let's, let's help some other people? Yeah, well, basically, yeah. We used to have this event called Greek Sing, and it was a Battle of the Band-style competition for the Greek community for IFC. And we threw it every year, and it was solely IFC's responsibility. And uh, IFC took a different direction. We want to turn it into more of a positive event. And it was my, my title, my job, to make sure that that happened. And that was my direction for it. So with some help of some other people uh, in the Interfraternity Council, uh, we came up with the idea to turn it into a philanthropy event. Uh, and we sought out the charity uh, Up Till Dawn through St. Jude's. And it's, it's a great charity. They came up to meet us up, actually, within two weeks of deciding we wanted to do this. 
and they spoke to us about what the event entailed and everything. And basically the outline for Up Till Dawn is just, uh, you know, staying up all night to raise awareness for the cancer. And, uh, you know, at this, whenever we found out the outline for this, well, we thought, oh, this is perfect. Perfect time for us to stick the bands in the middle, get people uh, entertained and excited and give them some things to do. Uh, so that's, that's the premises behind it. Uh, but before, for the two, three months before it, the entire time, uh, you, you find sponsors for the event to stay up all night. And it's a fundraising competition for all the Greek community, and we, ex- we extended it this past year also to the, uh, the entire campus. So the entire campus got involved, and each, each fraternity was a team, and you could form your own teams on campus between, depending on the uh, organizations you were in. And you would uh, raise as much funds as possible in a competition-style uh, format. And basically, the end of the year, uh, we have Up to Dawn, the, the, the final event, the finale, and we have our Greek sing Up to Dawn with Battle of the Bands, and uh, we pull it all together and say, this is how much money we raised, and we congratulate the winners, and it's, you know, all-out battle, basically. And when you say Greek communities, that's the uh, fraternities and sororities on campus. Yes, when you yeah. say IFC, that's the fraternity council. What is your fraternity, and what was your, I guess, uh, um, event or or band or did you guys sing or what was your skit or what'd you do for the up all night event uh i'm i'm a member of the sigma phi epsilon fraternity and uh i'm involved in the inner fraternity council i'm a member for my house and my position was special projects chair and that's generally what the special projects chair does every year was run greek sing uh but our our fraternity pulled together a band and we played two songs uh trying to remember what the songs names were call me maybe <laughs> no, that wasn't it. <laughs> Sorry, I, I couldn't resist. No, we, we we didn't play that one. Uh, I don't recall the name of the songs, but we played two songs. Every house played two songs. You mean like a real band, like uh, like a four piece, like you know, yeah. drum set, guitar, bass, singer. Yeah. You got yeah, found style. four guys in the house to actually do a song. Yeah, exactly. They put it together for about a month planning it out, and then uh, in between the bands, after every two or three bands, we also had speakers come, uh, diversity speakers. So we had three speakers as well. Uh, one had her own TV show. She was a former, in, or she was an engineer out of Washington University in St. Louis, and her show was called Smash Lab. And she gave uh, a speech on trying to figure out what she wanted to do and how to find herself uh, as an engineer. Basically, uh, we had another speaker uh, who was an infiltrator of the Ku Klux Klan, who was an African American who uh, basically sought out uh, Klansmen and uh, converted them into completely changing their beliefs and wow. did changing them completely and. Uh, wow! So that was a pretty big speaker around here. Uh, it was it stirred up a whole lot, and everybody very very good uh, participation from the crowd. Everybody loved him. He was also a really really good pianist, part of a band. He was uh, friends with Chuck Berry. No so, kidding! Yeah, he was pretty awesome guy. So his name interesting. Was, yeah, definitely. Daryl Davis was his name, and uh, we had a third speaker who was Jack Lingel from the We Are Marshall uh, football team. Yeah, he was the football coach from We Are Marshall. Come and speak on uh, you know persevering and trying to get through things whenever everything's against you basically so uh all in all you know the event ran all night without any problems and we we had a very very good night and we raised some really good money that sounds fantastic uh brandon goat is our guest he's a uh, member of uh the sigma phi epsilon fraternity at missouri science and technology he was in charge of the up all night event which benefited the saint jude children's hospital cancer research and uh we want to thank you for uh your appearance on the show i yeah. i would like to I, what time of year is this um event for you up all night usually uh we've been held had it in the spring last year and that's the plan is to have it spring again springtime okay i um 
I would love, if you need uh, speakers or more involvement, I would love to do my radio show oh. from the event. If that, you, that's, that's a great idea. Yeah, that definitely something I'll be contacting you on. That, that sounds like a great idea. Put that in a file cabinet for yeah. the next guy behind you that's in charge of all this, Most and definitely. we'd love to uh, help out with the awareness. For, I will be very uh, for this. involved in this next one as well. So, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Okay, fantastic. Well, before we let you go, um, how can we find out more about this event online? There's got to be a Facebook page or something. Yeah, uh, you can go to myuptildawn.org, or you can go to the St. Jude website and just click on the Up Till Dawn link, and it'll take you and tell you everything about what the uh, the charity is about. Myuptildawn.org. Correct, yes. All right, there you have it, Brandon. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I appreciated it. Hey, this is Jeff Saturday. You're listening to The Adam Rich Show. Welcome to the broadcast. We have our guests, Tyler and Lorenzo. They are students at Penn State University. Hi, Tyler. Hi. And Lorenzo. How you guys doing? And uh, we're glad to have you on from Penn State. We're talking about your dance marathon. I just learned about this, and I have to admit I'm blown away at the scale of this, I guess, campus-wide initiative, campus-wide philanthropy. Tyler, tell us about Dance Marathon at Penn State University. Well, it's a 46-hour dance marathon that starts. We start fundraising it um, in October, the very first of October, and it goes all the way to the third weekend in February. And it's a campus-wide initiative, and you help raise money for kids with pediatric cancer. And it's the largest run student philanthropy in the entire world. And since 1973, which it started, there's never not been a year which we have raised um, less money than the previous year. And this past year, we raised $10.6 million for kids with cancer. I thought I heard you say $10.6 million. How much money was raised? $10.6 million. From the students at Penn State University for, for kids with cancer. That is correct. I, what? It's a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money in short amount of time. Now, yeah. And so, okay, how's it work? You go get money and then you well, dance all the night? Is, well, the Penn State students do is that they go around the East Coast, like certain weekends, designated weekends, can call canning weekends. They go the entire East Coast and they sit in a you know, door to door or street in the middle of the street and help kids. They do something called canning. What they do is they just like, have a science, just help kids with cancer. Pretty much cars come up to you and offer money. And uh, 10.6 million. I mean, that's amazing. I, I, there's a lot of campuses that do dance marathons. I'm sure you're aware of, of uh, you would call them, what, posers or people trying to be like you or what? <laughs> no, it's no, not a bad no. thing. It's a good thing. It's, as long as you're helping out. But, uh, yes, no one does like Penn State does. And, you know, what, that's a good question. Uh, with other dance marathons at other campuses, is this, a, I guess, a nationwide initiative? Is, are dance marathons done on the same weekend nationwide? Or no, is this it, really just the special way Penn State does it and you do it all by yourself? Well, it's starting to catch on now. Like Penn State was like, we set the tone for it, then other campuses started to catch on. Like, Rutgers is getting big, University of Illinois is getting big, but all major colleges start really do dance marathons. Usually they all help kids with cancer. But we have the biggest, we have a, it's a 46 hour, no sleeping, no sitting dance marathon, and that's like the culmination of all your fundraising, and that uh, takes place in the third weekend of February. So it starts at, on Friday at 6 o'clock and it ends on Sunday at 4 o'clock. So, uh, Lorenzo, you actually dance during the marathon. Yes. What do you do? Macarena, hokey pokey. I mean, you do, you do a good amount of dancing. Yes, you do, because like, there's a big stage that helps to entertain you guys during the whole show. But the big thing is just no sit down. Because each dancer actually has a morale that keeps you going. Because at certain times, everyone has their low points. But then you have the person who's attached to you to make sure you keep going the entire time. And is there uh, like a like a mobile DJ playing uh, oh, they play contemporary music. hits and dance songs? And they stuff? play music nonstop. The big song actually is Whitney Houston. Your love, is my, Your love is my love. That's the biggest song of the year all the time. So it, it, it entertains us a lot. Do they do maybe some ACDC and do some air guitar dancing? I mean, it's 46 hours, not, not <laughs> stop music. They, they, play, they play everything. They play everything. 
Okay, and then uh, I guess if we look at this from within your own organization, you guys are in a fraternity? Yes, we're members of Alpha Tau Omega fraternity. And uh, individually, I guess, not individually, but as, a, as an organization, your fraternity chapter uh, raised what? I mean, out of the 10.6 million total, how's it break down per group or organization? What did you guys do? Uh, we raised uh, $330,000 this year. Also yeah. paired with our sisters at Atalfa. Paired, paired with our sister. We're also paired. Every or, Greek organization is paired with a sorority. So with um, Zeta Tau Alpha sorority, we combined raised $330,000. Do you realize how insane that is? Yes, no. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. Let me, let's put this in perspective. Um, we cover a lot of philanthropies and charities on this show. And uh, I'm not going to name campuses because now we just look like idiots compared to Penn State. But uh, there are some campuses that do three, four-day events, biking. Uh, they'll bike across America or um, they'll do an activity in the front yard of their chapter house for two or three days straight, pair up with a sorority, and they'll raise three or four or $5,000. Five or six thousand dollars tops. You guys raised three hundred thirty thousand dollars. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm blown away by this. Well, the thing is that, like, again, it's just the hard work and dedication we have to it, also with our sisters. But the big thing that sets Don apart is that each organization is paired with a, like, a family, a family that has kids. Because all the proceeds, what sets Don apart is that it's not just you're, like, you write a check and it goes to like, a foundation. All the proceeds go to the Hershey Medical Center. So it goes to one hospital, and every single person in that hospital, every child who has cancer, is paid for. We pay for the helicopter fees, transportation, even chemotherapy. Gas, even we pay for everything. So we have three families, and each family, one of those kids has or had cancer. So that's why that's what sets Don apart from other philanthropies. Like it's, you know the kids with cancer. You see them in the hospital. You see them at their homes. And that's what really motivates you. So for more information, I would Google uh, Hershey Hospital or Penn State right. Dance Marathon. Or thon.org. Thon.org. Yeah. There we go. I was going to ask how to... Thong, 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 T-H-O-N. Okay, this has nothing to do with a thong. (laughs) No, not Thong.org. Thong.org, T-H-O-N. Tyler and uh, Lorenzo from Penn State University, thank you guys so much for your hard work and dedication towards your philanthropy of thong.org. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.